In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Father, Lord, have mercy. 
the love of your name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the sixth Sunday after Trinity is written in the second book of Moses, known as Exodus, chapter 20. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your aliens, nor the, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. 
Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that, it may, that you may live long in the land the Lord your, give, Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second lesson is written in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. 
if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory be to you, o Lord. The words of Jesus. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth. You will not get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. No one ever wants to hear that they're not good enough. As in, you're not good enough to make the team, you're not good enough to pass this grade, not good enough to get that job, or you're not good enough to be my friend or my spouse. That hurts. And so some people will go to church specifically to hear that they are good enough, just the way they are. And you can find plenty of churches that will oblige you. They'll say and they'll teach you to say to yourself, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and people like you. What's more, they'll say that you're good enough for God. And we'll show you how to be even better. It's a good marketing strategy, actually. Those who preach messages like these, they fill up churches. Some of them the size of stadiums. But it isn't true. Jesus didn't care about marketing. He didn't speak to fill seats. He told the truth. It wasn't attractive, it wasn't fun, it wasn't exciting, it sure wasn't flattering. But it was honest. And in that honesty lies the only hope for all mankind. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus announced to his hearers, including us, that we are not and never will be good enough to get to heaven. Your righteousness will never be good enough for God. Jesus says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard what could be called the first Sermon on the Mount in our Old Testament reading today. When the Lord God thundered the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai, now the wisdom of the day in Jesus' day was that these commandments were the, the guide and the rule for getting into the kingdom of heaven. And no one kept the commandments better than the Jewish scribes and Pharisees. They were good people, righteous people, law keepers in everyone's eyes, especially their own. And here comes Jesus telling the crowds, that's not good enough. You need a better righteousness than the scribes and the Pharisees have if you ever want into the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus illustrated this point in our gospel by taking just one of the Ten Commandments and opening it up to the people to show them just all that's included in that commandment. It's the one that we call the fifth commandment. You shall not murder. Jesus treats the law as it was intended to be treated as something holy. And so he, or we, abolish the law. We uphold the law. And so yes, Jesus says, and we concur, yes, it's a damning sin to take a person's life through murder, homicide, abortion, suicide, but no, it's not good enough to simply not kill another human being. For Jesus tells us it's also a damning sin to get angry with your brother, to speak an unkind word to your brother, like fool, idiot, or something else more graphic. It's also a damning sin not to seek reconciliation with one who has something against you, whether or not you actually like that person or not. It's also a damning sin to refuse to apologize to the one you've wronged and not to try to make amends for a sin you've committed against your neighbor. To all those people who, who expect to get to heaven because, hey, if you haven't murdered anyone, Jesus tells the truth. Yes, you have, by God's definition, that you too are a murderer, that is, a violator of the clear command of God. 
Jesus could have done was could have, could have pulled out any one of the Ten Commandments here and shown just how deep each one goes, how much each demands. He doesn't even bother with the, table, the commandments of the first table that have to do with directly with God. I mean, if you can't keep the commandments that deal with your neighbor, what are the chances that we could keep those that deal with God? And Jesus points out that the commandments don't just require this or that action or inaction. What they actually require is for you to be a holy person, inside and out. But you're not. And never will be in this life. In other words, your righteousness will never be good enough. So that leaves just one thing to do. It's to get off the path of the righteousness of the law. Because it ends in death. As a matter of fact, the only way off this path is death. The sinner must die. You must die. More than that, you must suffer and be crucified. That's what Jesus is teaching in the Gospel. But here's how he wants you to die. He wants you to die by crucifying your sinful flesh each and every day, not by harming your body, but by killing the sin that dwells within you. He wants you to die through repentance and being united with him in holy baptism. Isn't that what Paul, St. Paul wrote to the Galatians? I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Isn't that what St. Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans in our epistle? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? You must die. But in his Son, God has provided another way for you, the sinner, to die by causing Jesus to die for your unrighteousness and then by pulling you into Jesus' death through holy baptism. Baptism and faith in Christ equals the death God's law demands that you die. And righteousness, that righteousness that surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, that's not something that you provide to God. That's something that God provides to you. There is one man whose righteousness surpasses the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. One man who kept the holy commandments of God, Jesus, the Christ, the God-man. Only he has the right to stand before God. Only he can enter the kingdom of heaven. And he did. He did by shedding his blood for the sinners of the world. His own blood blots out your sins. His own righteousness is credited to you. The righteousness of the law, of being good enough for God, ends in death. You'll never be good enough to enter the kingdom of heaven that way. But the righteousness of faith in Christ begins in death. His death, and then your baptismal death. And it ends in resurrection. His resurrection first, and then your baptismal resurrection, and then one day to your bodily resurrection. The law of God demands, proclaims, that you are not good enough. That's supposed to make you afraid. And when it does, repent of your wickedness and run from the law to the gospel of Christ, to the righteousness of faith that he gives to you 
free for nothing. Trust in God's promise to you that whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, that he who believes in the Son has eternal life. But what else did St. Paul say in Romans 6? He said, We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live a new life. So Christ died to sin, and you were baptized into Christ. Therefore you died to sin. How can you live in it any longer? Christ rose to live a new life, and you've been baptized into Christ, therefore you have risen to live a new life. How can you now murder your neighbor? How can you go on being angry with your neighbor, or saying hurtful things, or failing to help him in his need? You see, the power of Jesus' resurrection does not help you to walk the path of righteousness of the law so that you can finally become righteous enough and good enough to enter the kingdom of heaven. No. By your baptism and faith in Christ, you've been rescued from the path of the righteousness of the law. And you've been placed onto the path of the righteousness of faith. By faith in Christ, you've already entered the kingdom of heaven. And it's only here in God's kingdom where anyone can begin to love his neighbor, to get rid of anger and bitterness and hurtful words, to seek reconciliation with one another, to forgive one another. It's because here in God's kingdom where we have been shown mercy, where God has forgiven all our unrighteousness and has given us the gift of eternal life. Here in God's house, in God's kingdom, as you seek mercy from Christ, as you seek forgiveness from his body and his blood, you are covered with the righteousness of Christ that surpasses the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees and of the greatest saints who ever lived. If someone ever tells you, Anyone, even the devil himself, even your own heart, tells you you're not good enough for God. Don't argue. Don't disagree. You tell them, I know. I know I'm not good enough, and I never will be. But Jesus... He gave himself for me, the righteous, for the unrighteous, to bring me to God. My righteousness will never be good enough, but his righteousness always will be good enough for me and for all who trust in him. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father.
Please stand for prayer. I will speak the words of the prayer of the church today. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and the revelation of your will and grace. Implant your word in us that with good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith. We humbly implore you to rule and govern your church throughout the world. Bless all those who proclaim your truth, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, and that faith in you may be strengthened, love towards others increased, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain them whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this state, to all those who make, administer, and judge our laws. Grant them grace to rule according to your good pleasure for the maintenance of righteousness and the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty. Comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, all who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversities. Grant courage and steadfastness, especially to those who suffer for your namesake, that they may receive and accept their afflictions in the confidence that you will acknowledge them as your own. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, crowning them with your blessing. These and whatever other things you would have us ask of you, O God, grant us for the sake of Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Holy God, mighty Lord, gracious Father, you have filled all creation with light and life. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. You lifted Noah and his family in the ark. You promised to bless all nations through Abraham. You delivered Moses and the Israelites. You renewed your promises through the prophets, and now you have spoken through your Son, who in words and deeds proclaimed your kingdom and was obedient to your will. In your tender mercy, you gave him your one and only Son, to suffer death on the cross for our redemption. By the one offering of himself, he made there a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, 
he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, gracious Father, remembering his blessed passion, mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, we humbly thank you for this wonderful gift of salvation through your Son's own body and blood. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor be yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Hear the prayer of your people, O Lord, that the lips which have praised you here may glorify you in the world, that the eyes which have seen the coming of your Son may long for his coming again, and that all who have received in his true body and blood the pledge of your forgiveness may be restored to live a new and holy life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Just a quick note uh, that in the entryway this morning, there are copies of the quarterly report for the second quarter and then also contribution statements for the first half of the year. Thank you. <laughs> 